smartcast you are listening to a mint production brought to you by hd smartcast hello listeners welcome to the latest episode of why not mint money i'm your host jash kriplani well recently amfi disclosed its monthly rate of investor flows and interestingly thematic sectoral funds got the maximum flows among the equity categories but are these funds suitable for all investors what are their use cases and when they should be avoided well to talk on this and more today i'm joined by avinash luthria who's an early fee financial planner and a savvy registered investment advisor welcome to why not mint money a personal finance podcast where we help you understand basic money concepts and share strategies for you to build your wealth so let's get started with your money journey Hi Avinash welcome to the latest episode of why not mint money thanks for joining us today we would like to connect with you on a particular mutual fund category called thematic funds you know last month we saw a lot of flows coming into this particular category any thoughts from your side why you know money has moved to this category in march i haven't tracked the flows but uh, i and i'm using i'm using the term thematic to mean thematic or sectoral that's what i assume right uh, because right. that's a savvy definition of the of the category thematic right. is the thematic or sectoral right and i haven't looked at the flows but you know sebi themselves have said that uh, they are not happy with there being so many like 200 thematic and sectoral funds I mean, not said those words but that's right. effectively what the sebi chairperson said right uh, because all this fragmentation of schemes leads to higher fees for customers right so i think some of it is as of today's regulations those are still relevant right and we can talk more about this but i think going forward the way sebi is thinking of the fees right uh, they are trying to fix this issue that of you know too many new schemes and nfos getting launched right. with different themes and different sectors and all of that right 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 agreed uh i take that point but avinash if you can you know dive deeper into uh, you know the risk return profile of such funds and you know what kind of you know what kind of purpose these funds serve and you know what kind kind of investors are these suitable for sure yeah so you know i can think of uh, three good use cases or yeah. relatively good use cases so let me just start with those i know you're asking calling them pros but i'll just call them use cases sure one is uh, because they all fall under the umbrella of thematic in some or sectoral in some sense right right the strong use cases if someone has a religious reason why they need to invest a certain way in terms of avoiding tobacco alcohol stocks and various other such religious reasons yeah there are some funds like call ethical funds etc which uh, for example one which uh, tracks the sharia index which follow that approach to investing so in case someone has a strong religious reason for doing it yeah that is one strong use case i can think of uh the fees of these funds tend to be the uh, such products tend to be little higher than uh low cost passive index fund like the nifty 50 index fund but if a person has a strong religious reason then that's a good enough reason probably the second use case is a weaker use case where if someone has a you know personal preference for esg investing environmental social governance again to some extent not wanting tobacco alcohol stocks often that's the kind of common i mean the stronger driver you could say yeah then there are some esg funds uh, i think this is a weak use case i'm not that convinced by it but in case someone has a very very strong uh, desire to do this 
it could be a way to do it and esg funds are under the umbrella of thematic funds right. my thinking is you know it's better to just save the fees on that you know give that say a high net worth individual will if he saves 0.5% on fees uh-huh. on a 10 crore portfolio he'll save 5 lakhs say or give that 5 lakhs to charity right uh, use a nifty index fund and give the 5 lakhs to charity right. but imagine if there's a person who's just very particular i don't want to do it then uh, these esg funds are a possibility sure. the third is not relevant to uh, retail investors but for it's useful to know from a knowledge point of view Yeah. that foreign institutional institutional investors sometimes invest in things like bank etf because yeah. certain foreign limits are capped and right. this is the only way for them to do it but right. not very relevant for domestic retail investors it's just from a knowledge point of view these are the only three you could say use cases i can think of uh-huh. uh, maybe there are others which haven't struck me but right. these are the only three good use cases i can think of so last is more like you're saying you know because fii's use banking etf uh you know as an uh, instrument because of you know there are limits of course therefore you know banking gets a lot of liquidity in that sense so that's something it's good to be aware of for investors is what you're saying right yeah so someone might go and see why does uh, you know if uh, this person is saying you know sector funds are bad uh, mm-hmm. thematic funds are bad why are you know so many institutional investors going and investing in bank etfs right so i'm just right. trying to explain that you have sure. high aums in such the high aum and such etfs right because foreign investors are capped for example let's say at 74% in a sector in right. a bank right. right there's no way they can mimic say some index or they have some reason to invest in indian banking right. they're forced to do it through the bank etf right. because that doesn't right. count for these foreign limits so it's right. a special use case for a foreign investor not relevant for uh, you know normal people like you and me right 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 like you know early on you know you uh, touched upon the point you know that having too many a thematic funds or say not thematic one just having too many funds in your portfolio can create an issue right so what kind of issue can it really create in one's portfolio yeah so uh, you know in a sense putting i mean i'll use some of the savvy chair person's words but i'll just yeah. put it in a more blunt way in my own words then right so what happens sebi had certain regulation sebi currently also has certain regulations on fees yeah. and in the in the words of the sebi chair person herself she said yeah. they had certain unintended consequences yeah. the unintended consequence was sebi said for small funds you can charge a high fee from the customer that right. means the mutual fund can charge a high fee right and for bigger funds bigger aum you have to charge a lower fee Yeah. So, but because in thematic fund you can launch in sectoral thematic funds you can launch say 200 schemes. Yeah. You have a good loophole to get around this problem, or uh-huh. uh, I mean, effectively SEBI's rules become irrelevant. Uh-huh. So the SEBI chairperson has said that this was not the intended consequence of this is an un- unintended consequence of this rule. Right. It is created in her own words perverse incentives and led to mis-selling. Right. So SEBI has said that they are going to change the cap on schemes right and right. fix this problem essentially sure. but the crux of where what it means for the individual investors as follows two yeah. one is these schemes are often really directed at uh investors in what are called regular plans uh-huh. what i would call commission plans of uh-huh. mutual funds they're not yeah. really directed at people investing in direct plans so people in direct plans also could get excited by them and invest uh-huh. in them uh-huh. and the logic is as follows imagine uh, due to sebi rules you know schemes fees are capped at 1.5% and uh-huh. a large distributor tells the fund house you know no, i want a commission of 1.5% per annum uh-huh. Uh-huh. and the fees are 1.5% that's the maximum right. fee sebi is allowing right. then obviously right. there's no way they can give them all 1.5% as commission right. Right. so right. what the right. fund house will do is it'll create a new thematic fund 
yeah it'll be small firstly so it's allowed to have a higher fee right uh, it'll keep the direct plan fees extremely low like 0.3% 0.4% and everything between the high fee and the 0.3% of direct plan is available to pay as commission so commissions of 1.5% per annum etc can be paid right. so that was actually what is happening and why there are this 200 uh uh-huh. uh thematic and sectoral funds so one problem is just leads to high fees and high commissions for more so regular plan investors okay uh, direct plan investors tend to look at and say oh it's so exciting 0.3% fees but that is just a side effect of trying to give a high commission uh-huh. it landed up with the direct plan having a very low fee because okay. of the rules of sebi fees and uh, the desire to pay a high commission right second is uh fragmentation as you pointed out is true but i that is definitely a problem but i would say there's even bigger problem yeah. which is it uh, imagine a person who did a invest in a lot of thematic and sectoral funds right it leads to unnecessary randomness in your portfolio so imagine there were three friends yeah uh, i i mean i'm a big fan of passive index funds but just for a simplicity imagine there were three friends uh-huh. one invested in a large cap active fund uh-huh. and other two invested in thematic funds Right. Among right. the thematic fund two of those friends one got lucky he earned 1% more than the guy who invested in the large cap fund right over right. say 30 years right and the other friend turned out to be unlucky and he earned 1% less than the guy in the large cap right, fund right Just, right right so much randomness comes in if you, you know somebody may only pick i think you know i think uh, infrastructure is going to be good i think you know housing is going to be good i think mm-hmm. uh you know technology is going to be good and yeah. those calls might those guesses might turn out right or wrong so the right. unlucky friend who landed up with just 1% per annum lower return uh-huh. imagine he had his entire net worth in such schemes right landed up with a 26% lower net worth than the average friend the right. guy who just put it in large cap right naturally right. the guy who got lucky got 26% higher net worth right that's fine good to have 26% more but having 26% less than the average is a very pro- big problem Uh-huh. So okay. it just adds too much randomness, and as you said, it adds a certain amount of clutter in the portfolio, which okay. is unnecessary. Right, right. And then you right. keep changing, and then you pay taxes when you exit. Yeah. Etc. Yeah. Etc. Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. You know, actually, I wanted to understand that point more in detail. You know how, you know, managing such a wide portfolio across so many funds. You know how cumbersome it can be tracking that as well. uh right and you know avinash uh, next thing i wanted to ask you, you know then what are the alternatives uh, you know if the thematic fund is you know one category which has you know uh, you know admittedly has seen you know good amount of interest but you know then what are the alternatives out there are there any alternatives you know uh, there are so many other categories you know can those categories also be used by investors to you know indirectly play some kind of themes by maybe watching the style of the fund or the fund managers investment style you know any thoughts on this so i'll come back to passive index funds because that's what i like yeah. but you know just yeah. taking it one step at a time yeah uh you know trying to figure out which sector is going to do well or special situations or you know okay. business cycle or uh you know all of that is anyway what the active fund managers trying to do right. so it's to the extent that one is willing to i mean it's probably I mean I hate saying this but it's probably better to trust the active fund manager uh-huh. uh on a diversified large cap portfolio uh-huh. rather than trying to you know make your own guesses about these different sectors which are very narrow uh-huh. uh right. which could result in more more randomness in one's portfolio right the best way to do it would be just a passive index fund like the nifty 50 index fund uh-huh. but just as a contrast I'm saying 
at least the large cap active fund is less bad than the than the customer okay. himself or herself trying to pick a few sectors that they think is going to be hot mm-hmm. okay no matter how sophisticated they think they are right 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 then right. you know you said you know probably if the sector is narrow or the theme is narrow then you know it might not work that well uh, you know arguably but what about you know if the sectors or themes are actually wide themes uh, right uh hmm. you know what about in those cases you know we also have seen funds which have like a wider uh, thematic play which is more all encompassing uh, you know what about those situation hmm uh i mean okay let's assume there is such a category uh, yeah. still uh, effectively the customer is paying a higher fee as on current regulations because it's a smaller fund than a say large cap fund okay and broadly speaking if it's broad enough it's probably not going to be so radically different in its uh, okay. return performance maybe it could be different i am not denying that you know for right. example let's take something that's broad enough let's say uh, you know someone picks um, you know services mm-hmm. now services is a very broad category theme right. so you can pick lots of companies in services fine but basically you will get something like large cap returns Uh-huh. with smart i mean plus or minus some good luck or bad luck how that perform how the team performs okay but with a slightly higher fee so uh-huh. why as on current regulations at least okay. uh, in the future regulations i think sebi will prevent that but yeah. but why... that is as long as the fund size is small right which yeah which uh, tends to be the case but yes it would be typically the fund size for a thematic fund i mean there are some thematic funds which are more than 5000 crores in aum right. but still that's much smaller than the large cap right. funds of the right. same fund house right right sure uh, right so yeah i mean if you can you know talk about uh, you were saying you know you want to uh, wanted to also talk about passives as as an alternative uh you spoke about active also uh, yeah so yeah you can continue telling us more about the alternatives that are out there to also you know use as a not necessarily as a theme but yeah as a as an option out there as an alternative as, as you think you know probably you think is better you know i think the the key part i think which i mean people miss is yes one could make a certain statement that i mean firstly it's very hard but even if one you know could make a statement that a particular sector yeah. is going to do well the stocks in that sector might already be pricing in that uh, optimism so it's it's different just knowing or even if you have a insight that a particular sector is going to do well like you know in the covid time everybody said pharma will do well okay yeah maybe fine possible don't know but right. even then the stocks are already pricing in that optimism so it's not so easy to actually do these thematic and sectoral bets so i'm using the word specifically passive index fund and i mean effectively the nifty 50 index fund as right. the most uh, as a dominant index fund of india okay as a concept index funds i mean just to understand the concept of an index fund actually is probably easier to understand it as a nifty 500 okay uh, which means essentially an index fund means something that takes all the companies listed in india mm-hmm. and the nifty 500 comes the closest to that it covers roughly say 95% of the market capitalization or most precisely the free float market cap- capitalization of india which okay. is a technical term but think of it as market capitalization yeah so nifty 500 covers or the top 500 companies cover 95% so that's the easiest way to think of index funds as covering all companies in the country or in the world in our case it's only india so it's all con- all companies in india it just so happens that for historical legacy reasons it was not nifty 500 but nifty 50 that 
became the prevalent index fund of india so you know conceptually nifty fund 500 is easier to understand and captures the concept of index fund better but for historical reasons nifty 50 was the first index fund and that became the dominant index fund and it has other few other technical reasons why it's became dominant yeah. in the definition of the construction of it and effectively nifty 50 covers about two third of all market capitalization in india so you can think of it as two third of the value of all companies yeah which is not 95% but it's pretty good Yeah. So it's like an approximation. We're not getting ninety-five percent. We're getting two-thirds, say sixty-seven percent, but at a much lower fee than the Nifty five hundred index funds. Right. When you take that benefit of the lower fees, because there's so much competition among fund houses for Nifty fifty, yeah. uh, the fees are point two percent typically for an index fund, and slightly lower for an ETF for some reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, that extra juice that you get on the lower fee is worth uh, using a Nifty fifty index fund. One because today's fees are lower, and two because of the competition, it will keep the fees under check even in the future. Mm-hmm. So today's fees we know we don't know tomorrow's fees. Right. By picking a sec, picking a category like Nifty Fifty right. uh, index fund, we also have the confidence that the fees in the future also will remain, you know, somewhere fair. Maybe not point two percent, but somewhere in that ballpark. Right. So right. conceptually, Nifty Five Hundred is the way to think of it. In practice, Nifty Fifty is the dominant index fund equity index fund of india and actually the product that i would say all sophisticated equity investors in india should be using you know but what about you know if as an investor i want to play mid mid cap small caps you know those segments also you know as a theme as as it were uh, you know how do i go about that because at least in mid and small caps you know we have seen lot more outperformance there compared to large caps hmm hmm sure uh i hear you so let's just start with the starting point which was you know the snp sharan and towards snp puts out a report every 6 months called spiva snp indices yeah. versus active funds india report yeah. so this is specific to india what's unique and special about this report is it takes into account funds that perform badly and disappeared and got right. disappeared by getting merged into better performing funds right. this is the only available report which covers this all free public databases do not have this data so right. even you and i if we go look at a free public database we will not get this information about a fund that did badly and hence disappeared by getting merged into another fund sure. uh and that shows that you know large caps two third of large cap funds underperform the index one third of large cap funds outperform the index that same data uh, looks a little less bad for mid cap and small cap funds as one category right uh however i would i have argued that that is more of a statistical aberration okay. so what happened was there were not enough data points in mid and small cap so smp was forced to combine mid and small cap funds into one category though they actually two different categories you need a certain number of data points to make sensible statements they could not get that many data points of funds so they forced to combine small and mid cap into one category that created certain distortion in the data whatever so be it it resulted in a situation where let's say half let's just i'm just giving an example let's say half the mid and small cap funds beat the index and half did not let's right. just say for example right but yeah half beat half did not beat is like a coin toss i mean okay large cap two third failed to beat one third did beat here right. half beat and half did not beat what's the point okay so then you may say okay fine why not just have exposure to small cap and mid cap even if it's not to an active fund So there my argument is that if you rewind to 2008 9 mm-hmm. 
uh large cap equities so nifty 50 nifty 100 whatever you may call it fell by 59% right mid cap fell by 74% and small cap fell by 76% right right so right. imagine a 10 crore portfolios for example uh fell a large cap portfolio entirely in uh, i mean a 10 crore portfolio entirely in large cap yeah. fell from 10 crores to 4.1 crores and a mid cap portfolio fell to 2.6 crores when you look at these numbers they're staggeringly different i mean imagine you had 10 crores suddenly now you have 4.1 crores versus 2.6 right. 4.1 is terrible but 2.6 is even more terrible Right. So right. the point being that there's really a limit to how much we can put into mid cap and small cap. These are actually, when you look at the market cap of India, they're very tiny categories. Uh, in uh, I mean, you could say they are they are probably something like twenty mid and small cap is something like twenty twenty five percent of the market cap, right. and that right. most of that is mid. Small is even smaller than a very tiny portion. Right. So when already large cap is such a scary category, yeah. Uh, m- more so in any developing country uh because on then why complicate our, i mean how much can we put into medium small cap why complicate our life by doing it right uh if you choosing to do it yeah you could do it through a nifty 500 fund or there are even mid cap and small cap uh, uh index funds uh if you're determined someone's determined determined to do it they could take a tiny portion of their portfolio and put it into a sure. i mean if they want to put an active fund so be it right. as long as you know it's just tiny play money where they're just playing around with right and i mean it won't change the future too much right right uh yeah thanks avinash i think that you know debate on active versus passive large cap mid cap small cap you know that will continue and uh, you know i'm sure you know probably we'd have to do a different episode altogether dedicated just to this topic but you know thanks avinash for joining us today especially on thematic funds and you know what it means for investors you know what are like you said uh, use cases and what are probably not such good use cases and where they should be avoided in i mean as you shared your own assessment of it uh, thanks for joining us thank you listeners for joining us today if you liked this episode and would like to hear to more such interesting conversations do log into our channel why not mint money on spotify where you'd always find me omnipresent Also if you have any new ideas or suggestions you can dm me on twitter my twitter handle is at the rate jash kriplani that is j a s h k r i p l a n i you can always reach out to us over the email our email id is mintmoney@ratelymint.com This was a Mint production brought to you by HD Smartcast. HD Smartcast.